Welcome to the Nittany and Badger Big Ten Football Podcast. On this episode, we recap week two, update our power rankings, preview week three, and discuss the situation at Michigan State. A ton to talk about, so let's roll. Welcome into the Indian Badger, a Big Ten football podcast. I'm your host, Shane Lennon. Joined as always by my co-host, Corey Hadiman. How are you doing tonight, Corey? Not great. Not great. Yeah, let's get right into it. What happened oh, to your the Badgers, Packers? Man? The Packers. We oh, can talk pa- about the Packers. We yeah. can start a podcast about them. <laughs> Can't start a pa- podcast about the Steelers because they're just garbage. But uh, yeah, we can start a Packer Packer podcast if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I have much better luck than on this one so far. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what happened to your Badgers, man? They just uh, – we were predicting – we both predicted that they would um, get the revenge, but that just did not look good. They got behind early and yeah. could never recover. I mean, that was the main issue. They, they came in – defense looked completely unprepared for uh, the tempo that Washington State was running in the first half. They just – I don't know – I can't even explain why they looked so bad. Uh, just no pass rush. Couldn't get the right personnel on the field. They always struggle with a mobile quarterback. So Cam Ward back there. I mean, you saw it last season. They they just struggle when uh they can't account for every person on the field. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to get deeper into it. So yeah, the first half sucked. That was some of the worst football that I've seen the Badgers play in a while. Kind of on both sides of the ball, too. Um, the offense was just... They're calling the run plays. We weren't having a lot of success running the ball because Washington State was stacking the box. And they just didn't want to switch to uh, down-the-field passing plays in the first half for some reason. So far, I haven't been real impressed with... Uh, Phil Longo's play calling. But so that was not great. And then uh in the second half, uh we opened up the playbook a little bit more. Got the ball down the field. Mordecai looked pretty good. Um for the most part in the second half when he was given time. The offensive line was pretty terrible. They're basically the main reason we couldn't run the ball. I wouldn't really put that on the running backs this time. They were just not getting any push. They struggle so much with undersized, quick, defensive personnel. Mm-hmm. I think they're just kind of gigantic, lumbering, unathletic linemen. And you give them any little shimmy, and you can get past them pretty easily as long as they can't get their hands on you, you know? So that, that's pretty disheartening. I think they were thinking they were just going to be able to run all over them, only prepared to do that. And when that didn't happen, without the halftime break, they just had no way to adjust. It put a lot on Mordecai's shoulders to try to, you know, bring him out of that hole when they yeah, didn't have and a he run did. game. Yeah, and no, he, he did. He looked pretty good. Yeah, he did what he could, but it was just – it was a big hole. It put too much – because they were one-dimensional at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you – yeah, it was. The line was letting him down. Uh, yeah. And strip sack. I mean, that was some yeah, of the yeah. worst blocking I've seen from a Badger lineman in a while. 
But... The thing is, though, they were close. They were within two points. Of, of oh, getting, yeah. You know, and then they that safety, that was a safety, I don't know what, I mean, it was real close. They didn't even take a look at it. They should have. I, I, yeah, I mean, they stop it to look at it because that, that could have tied up the game and then who knows yeah, what would happen. Right at that point, there were three questionable calls kind of in succession. There was the non-safety. And there was a flop on the punt where the guy barely shouldered him. I mean, they have to look at, you know, whether there's, like, intent for malice on those kind of calls. That's a 15-yard penalty. That's huge. And the guy was just tapping him, basically. And they're still in the field of play, and it wasn't after the whistle. So I don't really see the problem. But um, so that was kind of BS. Then the Malusi fumble, you know, they basically whistle him down. But then they just kind of conferred for a while, which took a long time. And then they decided he fumbled it. And then there weren't the right replay angles for them to overturn it. So if they would have called him down, which is when they whistled it, this is what the play seemed like they had called originally. If they would have called him down, they wouldn't have overturned it. Since they called it a fumble, they wouldn't overturn that. And then our defense really needed them to step up there, and they just fell apart. Yeah, and I'm of the mind when it comes to football, you don't let the refs or the officials, you know, replay officials. That's why those weren't the first scrapes they had. I mean, that game had the the feeling and almost the outcome of one of those, you know, scares on the road, early season scares that you escape with, you know, maybe one or two point victory and you fucking get better after that. But if those calls would have went our way, that's likely what would have happened. We would have got out of there with a win, a really ugly win. But, yeah, if you want to be a good team, you can't get yourself in that kind of first-half hole to even let it come down to those calls. Yeah. Um, Washington State's not very good. They were, what, 7-6 and six last season. They might, uh, maybe would win eight games this season. They're not very good. They were... The crowd is into it, and they're playing with the huge chip on their shoulder after all the other schools left the Pac-12. Oh, yeah. That's a motivation for both Washington State and Oregon State. Look right now, they're both in the top 25 yeah. uh, ranks. So, yeah, that, they're playing with a lot of uh, emotion with everything yeah. that's going on in the yeah, Pac-12. And you can tell. Yeah. And, but... and Pullman's a tough place to go and play. I mean, no matter, yeah. you know, no matter who you are, and go out west. Uh, that those those trips are not easy for Big Ten teams, and they better get used to it because they're going to be doing it a lot more often starting next season. Yeah, couple different plays there. Mordecai, for as good as he was, he had ten straight completions at one point, mm. and that touchdown that he had, I think, to Skylar Bell, I think it was. Yeah, that thing, that was an amazing pass where he kind of broke free from what looked like a for-sure sack and whizzed it and just got him right at the sidelines on a 16-yard touchdown. But that was a great pass and one that I think you'd probably only ever see Russell Wilson make in a Badgers jersey. I don't think we've had a quarterback in a long time that would have made that throw. But, yeah, he's just a hair off on a few of the deep balls that could have really changed the game even minus those calls um, that didn't go our way. So 
that'll come with time. If we could put two halves together that were reminiscent of that second half of that game, it wouldn't be too bad. But so far, at least it appears the preparation has been pretty crappy from this new coaching staff. Uh, there was always going to be some growing pains, though, I think, with them. Yeah. And, and this is their first uh, blemish, and they're just going to have to learn from it. Um, yeah. I was going to mention, uh, you said the Malusi fumble that didn't go, you know, with the bad replay, the bad looks on the replay. But they also turned over the ball two other times in the game. You can't, you just can't do that. Yeah. Washington State, you know, was careful. They, they, but yeah, they one was a touchdown. So. That was basically the difference in the yep. game for the most part. And, uh, yeah, and that one, can't even blame Mordecai. I just got basically blindsided. Yep. Um, so didn't have nearly enough time. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it doesn't do anything to your guys' chances in the Big Ten. They're yeah. still all there for the taking, but you don't like losing these non-conference games, especially when they're Power Five, because it's you're looking at resumes and stacking up against other teams. Um, yeah. That's what, if you're, I mean, I don't think Wisconsin in this year, we both didn't think they were going to make the playoff. No. Um, but it is when you are stacking up conferences and other like, like teams, this is what they use to do that. And they failed their first test on that end. So. And Braylon Allen, 20 yards rushing is just not going to do it. Yeah. But that was, we said it was, it was definitely yeah. the offensive line there. I don't think it was anything. Allen was, um, you know, I don't think that was his fault, but no. do you think he's, do you think he's regretting not, not, uh, I mean, it's early in the season, but after having a performance like that, it was probably due to his offensive line. Do you think he's regretting not transferring out when he had the chance? Because he could have gone uh, anywhere he wanted. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if it was to Michigan, like the rumors were, he's probably not regretting that because he probably wouldn't even see the field there. Yeah, there's but, too many. Yeah, the depth. There. Um, yeah, I don't think he's regretting it, but he has to be pretty disappointed in those guys. I'd hope they're disappointed in themselves and step it up. I guess if you need a wake-up call, it's better to do it early out of conference than anything. Oh, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully they start getting it straightened out. Got one yeah. more tune-up, and then they really need to start getting it right. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and this wasn't a real tune-up. This was a a little bit of a test. I know we maybe we underestimated Washington State, but no, there you <laughs> when you're giving a huge lead like that and you still almost lose the game, you're not. Yeah, really I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying they're going to compete in the in the Pac-12, but let's see how long that they can keep that chip on their shoulder and how long they can ride that. Yeah, I think that will stick around at least for their home games. Yeah, they do. Well, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was, I was looking here. It's not till uh, November 17th that they uh, play Colorado in Pullman, though. Okay. Well, Colorado might be torn apart by that point. We don't know. We'll see how long they ride that high that they're they're going for right now. Um, but anything else from this game? Or we're ready to move no. on from this uh, game. Yeah, about <laughs> five minutes left to go in the fourth quarter on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I have to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Try to delay it as long as I could. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well uh moving on to the penn state game um 
Not much to talk about when it's 63 to 7, beat down an FCS team. But Penn State did what they had to do. They didn't have any explosive plays, uh, or not very many, but they were just workmanlike throughout the game. When you hold on to the ball for 42 minutes and just keep on driving and having these long extended drives, they scored touchdowns on seven of their first eight possessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the running game was obviously there. They're, you know, they, Drew Allard didn't have to do much. He looked good, 22 for 26, um, a little over 200 yards and two touchdowns. Um, but this was our last week against West Virginia. They showed off Drew Allard. This week they showed, hey, we're just going to grind out a win on the, on the ground, and that's what they did. They didn't have to do much. Uh, the defense played well uh, outside of one play where they allowed Delaware um, a touchdown on a – that was a <laughs> gap control uh, problem that they had against Michigan. That's exactly what it looked like. It wasn't like a – it just looked like a blown assignment where they just totally got sucked into the middle and they bounced it to the outside and that and there was no backside safety help to help, you know, help out and they took it to the house. Um, but other than that, uh, very good. Uh, not a quality win per se, but mm-hmm, you know, they did exactly what they had to do, you know, yeah. no, These no are... injuries and – just get out of this with a with a big win and move on to the next. These are good games, you know, because you like get to get some of the younger guys in, get some of the backups in, get them some yeah. little bit of game time experience before you start getting into some of the tougher Big Ten play. Oh yeah, and that's because there will be injuries and things. And you're gonna need some of those guys, so it's nice to get them some play time early. Yep. Um... Yeah, Bo Pergula, the backup quarterback, got extended playing time. He came in, I think, about halfway through the third quarter, and he played throughout the rest of the game except for – I think he came out briefly at the end. They even got um, – oh, goodness, their third-string guy, and I can't even think of his name at the moment, but Franklin has a lot of high praise for him. But, yeah, he played extended. Trey Potts got a lot of carries, the third running back. He got a lot of carries in the in the second half, which was good to see. Um, I mean, he's not a younger guy. He's more of a veteran, but he got a lot of um, playing time. And, yeah, they rotated out a lot of second and third guys. Um, yeah, and, that, I, I, and on both sides of the ball. So yeah, can't complain too much, but, you know, not much to analyze. I mean, I this is a Big Ten podcast. We like to cover every game. So we need to move on from, you know, <laughs> and not talk about a – uh, an FCS uh, game, unless it was a disaster, yeah. but it wasn't. So they they won sixty three seven. It's time to move on. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a lot of comments. I didn't watch this game. I uh, saw on the bottom line that it was getting out of hand, and never even bothered flipping over to it. Yep. Um, they did have a nice pick six. Um, so that that was cool, and the um, I didn't mind that. The, didn't mind seeing that. Um, but other than that. Uh, it was a uh, solid, solid win over an overmatched team. Yeah. <laughs> so get the W, move on to the next. No injuries. That's all you. That's all you can hope for in a game like that. All right. Uh, let's move around the rest of the conference. We'll hit some other ones. Friday night, Kansas took it to Illinois 34-23 in a game that wasn't even as close as that final score indicated. I think it was 34-7 at one point. Um, yeah, 
Not, not, this is very uncharacteristic for Illinois. They are giving up a lot of points in the first two games. They were lucky to escape with a win against Toledo last week. Uh, they were not so lucky um, this time around. Um, yeah, brutal. I don't know what's going yeah. on at Burtland. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Defense doesn't seem to be there. Yeah, no. It, it, it's not. Daniels is pretty good, but or Jalen Daniels, sir. He's pretty good, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Still Kansas football. <laughs> yes, it's still Kansas football. Um, but I mean, Illinois, they did lose a lot to the NFL on on the defensive side of the ball, but they've been building up. You know, Burt's in his third year there. He's he has some guys still there. Yeah, you know? I don't know what they're not gelling right now. I mean the yeah, the turnovers also aren't helping. They don't have much of a quarterback this year. Um, uh, so he's that's not, not their helping. only problem, though. No, not but my, two but... picks. I mean, depending on where those are at on the field, you know, that could really put the defense in a bind. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he's also he was also their leading rusher, and I think he was their leading rusher last week. So they don't have much of a rushing attack. Yeah, that's not that's, good. That's not good. Um, so it's also putting a lot more stress on their defense. I think last season they were they were definitely one of the best, I think the best uh, points per game allowed defense in the Big Ten, and this year they can't be. Uh, they've given up uh, 34 this way. I think he gave 29 up to Toledo last week or 30. It was, yeah, something. I can't remember yeah. the exact score, but it was, it was not pretty um, in two weeks, and it's kind of changed – I was a little bit more concerned about going into uh, Penn State goes on the road against Illinois next week, and I was a little bit concerned before this season. I was like, that could be a tough game because Illinois' defense, and now I'm not as concerned about it. But we'll we'll talk about that yeah. um, when we preview. But um, yeah, I'm just I haven't been not too impressed with their defense. I didn't get to see a lot of this. I, I watched it briefly Friday night, but it, it wasn't a wasn't a lot. So yeah, Wednesday is like a premiere game next week but uh yeah a lot less to look forward to now that it looks like illinois um uh, having their struggles yeah yeah they definitely are um you want let's talk about colorado nebraska colorado to yeah, i guess so if you want to crown them <laughs> crown them <laughs> yeah. colorado 36 nebraska 14 um I think we both predicted Colorado would win this game, but boy, did they, they took it to them. Um, yeah, early on, it wasn't yeah, that bad. In the, yeah, in the first half, it was close, but Nebraska's defense is just getting worn down from being on the field a little bit yeah. too long, and Sims turning over the ball more. <laughs> yeah, that guy, a turnover machine. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he only had one uh, in this game, but he had – well, they had three fumbles lost. I don't know if they were all him. Um, yeah, yeah, he lost two of them. He lost two of them, yeah. yeah so, he had three turnovers himself. Yeah, I see that now. So, oof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, Colorado is right now is the darling of the college football world. We, we know that. Um, and they're just going to ride that train until um, they, you know, play a – 
opponent with a pulse like USC or Oregon in a couple of weeks. <laughs> but Nebraska is always going to – they were going to be a rebuild. I predicted six wins before the season. I don't know if they're going to get there or not now. It doesn't look like it. It's not – yeah, I thought they would have split by now. Um, well, we bo- also both thought that Colorado was going to be a mess. To begin well, with. The thing that is like kind of impressed me the most about Colorado is like – I mean, their players are pretty good, but they're not like, you know, I don't consider Shadur Sanders like a true Heisman front runner or anything. But like, just all of their scheming and their play calling and everything has just been really good. Yeah. So where it's like, I didn't expect, I don't know, I guess Dion was able to pick out better coordinators and match up the, uh, you know, various coaching staff hires and uh, make it work. I didn't really see that happening. That's where I thought they were going to be wrong. It's not athletically. The athleticism would be fine. You know, they'd be fine on that front in the Big 12. But, uh, yeah. Pac-12. Just, yeah, Pac-12. Sorry. They'll be back to the Big 12 next season. Yeah, <laughs> getting confusing. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah so I knew athletically they'd be fine. I just thought from a, you know, a scheme standpoint and play calling and things like that, that they would be just a mess, but they haven't been. Yeah. They're scheming to their players and the players are executing pretty well. Yeah. Um, but Nebraska's a, they are a mess. It took Matt rule uh, a season, season or so the turnaround programs like, uh, like he did at Temple and Baylor. It's going to be the same thing here at Nebraska. Um, so not not ready to turn on Matt Rule yet. Maybe the fans are out there, or they're just so apathetic towards losing now they don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> um. What do we got? Iowa, Iowa State. Uh, I did Hawkeye. watch that. Unfortunately, that was a bore fest. Yeah. Well, we we saw that they scored more than I, you know, I I predicted ten six Iowa. <laughs> so they got double. But that was only as a result of a pick six. So Brian Ferentz's offense only scored 13 points. Mm. I don't know if he gets credit for the 20, does he? I hope not. <laughs> he shouldn't. Maybe the extra point. <laughs> yeah, maybe the extra point. Is that technically a yeah, special teams kicking? Is that extra actually offense? Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw a little bit of this one too. It, yeah, it's just hmm. not good. Yeah. I mean, their defense is pretty good. Yeah. They're what the Wisconsin defense used to be. You know, we just haven't looked like that. They've Iowa's kept it up even with the horrible offense. They've still kept their defense at the top, but that can only get you so far. It'll get you, you know, eight wins, but that's basically yeah. the ceiling and with you, that bad of an offense. And you, you said it will be the. Most eight dull. ugliest wins <laughs> that you're ever gonna see. Yep. Uh, McNamara was uh, only through for 123 yards. He didn't have a touchdown this week like he had two the previous. Week. Yeah, he did have a pick though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but... so, I mean, he 12 of 22 is not good. No. And Iowa State didn't do much better either. Although they no. slung it around a little bit more. Um. But yeah, not not good. Neither of these teams are really that good, but Iowa has the better defense. 
Um, yeah. But it's going to catch up to them against when they get into the meat of the Big Ten schedule. There's going to be teams that are going to swing it around and beat them. Yeah. They're going to have to score more than two or three touchdowns on offense to win a couple games, and they're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, and finally, and I just want to hit on this game because it's crazy. It started at noon and ended at about 9 p.m. Purdue over Virginia Tech, 24-17. It was about five minutes into the game when they evacuated the stadium for thunderstorms and um, torrential downpour, and they finally started the game again at, like, 6.30. Okay. <laughs> but Purdue... Purdue won. They bounced back, so they got to hand it to the Boilermakers to get the win. Um, I didn't get to watch it because I think it, like, I think they like threw it on uh, some like ESPN three or like right, you know, streaming the only Ocho. or something. Yeah, because it, <laughs> the Ocho, yes, <laughs> uh, because you know they didn't couldn't interrupt the other games that were scheduled. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it I didn't see much of it. But Hudson Card looked like he played pretty well. Um, and I think yeah, he had the game-winning touchdown, too. He had the running game on track a little bit. It's Maccabee. Yep. Yeah, he, he almost hit the century mark. And, uh, yeah, Hudson Cards didn't have any um, – he didn't have any touchdown throws, but he didn't throw any picks. And he did have the game-winning rushing touchdown at the end. Yeah. So, um, Virginia Tech is not that good of a team, but for Purdue to go on the road and – and win a game where it, you're you basically throw out the everything when you had that long of an interruption and you gotta oh, come yeah. back six hours later and especially when you're the when you're the visiting team yeah that's always tough because you don't really get the uh, accommodations that uh, the home team has exactly um so it was good gotta give them props to winning that game yeah um so yeah uh. Those are the ones I wanted to hit. There, there were some others, of course. <laughs> Obviously, everybody was in action, but can't talk about everybody. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to our next segment, which is: Should we do stock up, stock down first this week, and then do power rankings? I think we should. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah. Or do you want to do? We want to do the power rankings first. I think I had flipped them on the on the sheet here, but um. Let's do power rankings. Let's do power rankings. Okay. Uh, so you might disagree, but this is hot off the press tonight on Basic News Nation. My updated power rankings. I gave Northwestern a a reprieve and actually brought them out of the basement and dropped Nebraska all the way down to the end because there's only zero two team in the conference right now. So I felt like I had to punish them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess for now it'll work. If those two <laughs> teams played each other, I think we, I'd probably side with Nebraska. But so far on the field product, yeah, if you're zero two, you can be in last place. Fine with me. Well, they are gonna play each other at some point. Um, yeah, I'm just but... saying, even if they did today, I still think Nebraska is probably a slightly better team than them. But yeah. Uh, but I will move Northwestern up to 13. They did beat UTEP 38-7, but that game was tied at seven apiece at halftime. Um, somehow the Wildcats found an offense in the second half. Um, 
So I also moved up Indiana's spot. I know they only beat Indiana State, um, but they won, so I move them up. Uh, yeah, it seems like they uh, we didn't talk about that game, but they did uh, have their first career start for Taven Jackson, and he played pretty good. So they, mm-hmm. they might have found a quarterback that they can at least stick with. Yeah. Uh, since I dropped Purdue one spot, I don't know if I moved him up a spot. No, I guess I had him. Yeah, I guess I dropped him one. I don't know why, but mm. <laughs> I guess, well, they might not be that good of a team, but we've we've said it, and I'll say it time and time again. It's so hard to rank everybody in these four to 11, 10 spots. It's who knows who's really that good. Yeah. Um, I, I dropped, I bumped Rutgers up. They beat Temple. Um. I dropped Illinois down two spots to number nine for their loss. I dropped your boys down to number eight uh, for their loss. Bottom half of the Big Ten. It's not a good look. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Although uh, I see you have Michigan State 7 here, and uh, there's going to be some turmoil going on there that Pressure no, we'll, knocked knocked him back down for. We'll, we'll we'll get we'll get there. I can't. This is only on the field stuff. I can't really knock them for something that's. Oh, well, the and they won't have a coach. You know, they're yeah, not well, going to have the same product on the field. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens to them later. But at this very moment, they look maybe like the seventh best team in the conference, but probably not. They're they're right in the middle. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, uh, offensively, they're not that good. They don't have a quarterback. Uh, but I will get Iowa light right yeah, now. Yeah, they don't have a quarterback. He's not that good. Um, Calicamanus. Calicamanus. Um, so there's Iowa sitting at five. I don't know. <laughs> and Maryland, four. Yeah, they just beat Charlotte, but they were down early in that game, 14 nothing to Charlotte. Uh, they had to come back. Very good. They had to come back in the second half. Their fans all left. They were only, yeah, they, as they were completing their comeback, there was, it was like a half empty stadium. Come on, Terps fans. <laughs> Seriously. Ugh. I know it was late. Hang out with your team for a little bit. You pay for the game, for goodness sakes. Yeah, I mean, minus those two interceptions, but they probably would have been all right without those. Yeah. Uh, they actually ran where... the ball pretty well. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, Hemby, I think he had a pretty good game, right? Yeah, he did. 162 yards on 20 carries. Yeah. Touchdown. Um, but this is where you're probably going to disagree with me. And a lot of my fellow Penn State writers wanted me to do this last week, and I was like, I need another data point. Penn State's playing better than Ohio State right now. So I'm moving them up. I'm moving yeah. Penn State to two, Ohio State number three. I don't know if that – I mean, it's all going to work its way out in the end, but as it stands right now, I know Penn State and uh, – they both just played FCS teams, but – I mean, Penn State looked better in their in their you know there's still some offensive line problems at Ohio State right now. Yeah, um, they still couldn't run the ball even against the overmatched 
Youngstown State team. Yeah. I just. I mean, McCord did look a lot better this week. He did, uh, and he got the ball to Harrison, his best receiver. Yeah, just not being able to run the ball much besides a big run from Travion Henderson. It's just not too impressive. So, I mean, I don't hate it. I told you last week the gap was narrowing, but uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't really matter. They'll figure it out. Uh, they're the Buckeyes. By the time October rolls around, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Or they're going to go to South Bend in two weeks and get destroyed, and then we really know what's going on. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, it's all going to come out in the in the end at some point. Those two teams are going to play each other. They're going to play Michigan. We're going to know. There is a clear, bright red line between the top three and everybody else. We've We'll say it every single week. Uh, the rest of the conference is very muddy. We're not sure right now. And it's, it still needs some more data points to really start figuring out them, I think. Um, so that leaves Michigan number one. I mean, they weren't so impressive in their win, but I'm yeah, not going to They're doing it without their coach, man. Yeah. He was on uh, his, uh, his son's uh, sideline doing the chain yeah. gang. Yes, uh... That's how he's... Uh, Spending his Saturday, so <laughs> he was all dressed like he was ready to coach. So oh, just, I know, yeah. with his Michigan hat on and everything, yeah, and yeah. his polo shirt. Yeah, polo. <laughs> oh, horrible! Anyhow, I was watching. This is slightly unrelated. But I was watching, uh, like some old quarterback club uh, competitions from the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy was such a clown. <laughs> I think he won one of them. <laughs> yeah, I remember when he played for the Colts. He almost beat the Steelers in the 95 uh, AFC title game. Threw that Hail Mary up at the end that came down short. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what do you think? I mean, you, overall, probably, you know, you might put a couple teams here, you know, different than what. Where do you think? Yeah. Do you think Wisconsin should be higher? No, they haven't looked very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's see. Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. Iowa, as much as they suck, you still can't put them much lower than fifth, and they're better than Minnesota. So, because Minnesota also sucks. Basically, from five on down, the teams suck. Four <laughs> kind of sucks. And then one through three are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's very top-heavy conference. All right, now we'll get the stock up, stock down. Uh, Corey, who you got for your stock up this week? Uh, for my stock up, I'm going to go with Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State wide receiver. Uh, bounce back after not too impressive a showing last week. Uh, he did bounce back with... Seven catches, 160 yards, two touchdowns looked pretty good. Obviously against uh, not a great opponent, but he's kind of back to his old ways, so I think he's trending upwards for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'm um I'm going to give my stock up to freshman running back from Minnesota, Darius Taylor. Um, they might have found a running back uh, replacement there. I know that we t- say their offense is bad, but they don't have a 
they don't have a quarterback right now, but they might have found the running back. Uh, Taylor had 33 carries, 193 yards, and a touchdown. Average 5.8 yards a carry. Um, he only had one carry against Nebraska in week one. Um, so they clearly wanted to get him the ball. Once he was became the hot hand, they just kept on giving it to him. So I expect he's going to get more carries as Minnesota progresses in the season, and we'll hear a little bit more of him. So his stock is definitely up right now. Hey, is there a injury there? No, I guess not. Wouldn't surprise me if they did. They've said they've had some bad injuries with their running backs over the yeah. last few years, but. <laughs> That I don't. I did not hear about that. No, I think I think they just uh, went with the hot hand. Mm-hmm. Um, who's your stock down this week? Uh, so my stock down is the uh, Wisconsin defense minus Hunter Wooler. <laughs> Thank God for that guy, because if we didn't have that guy making actual sure tackles, um, basically the whole game, our leading tackler again, safety. Not a good sign, but uh, if we wouldn't have had that guy and his sure tackling ability, the game would have been out of hand in the first half. We wouldn't have even been able to come back, I don't think, because <laughs> everyone else is pretty terrible. Linebacker, Njong Meta or whatever, uh, he also wasn't the worst, but um, yeah, the defense as a whole, pretty bad. Defensive line especially. Secondary, not great at covering, but Hunter Wooler was the lone bright spot, so Wisconsin defense is my stock down. When they needed to step up at the end of the game to hold them, they couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, they, they need to – they're trending down right now. They need to – they'll look better against Georgia Southern next week, though. They should. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I'm going to go with the defense, too. It's Illinois. Uh, just very uncharacteristic uh, for a Burt defense. Um, I'm not sure what's going on right now, but they just gave up uh, 34 points to Kansas and over 539. They gave up 539 yards. Um, yeah, it's brutal. They gave up two. For Kansas' first uh, two possessions were touchdowns. Uh, they were double-digit uh play you know uh drives uh 10 plays on the first drive 13 plays on the next drive so they were getting worn down they were going up over 80 <laughs> both of those drives were over 80 yards um so yeah they were in a hole real quick um and when illinois's first four possessions were punts you're just leaving your and uh, the offense wasn't doing enough out there so they you know getting worn down but yeah. just you think they would you know They'd be playing better than like this. They they didn't lose everybody off that outstanding defense last year. Right. Um, something's not gelling right now, so they they gotta they're trending down, but they have. Bealmas typically defensive guy, so yeah. even if they lost a lot, he can usually still make something out of it. Yeah. So something something's going on, um, and it doesn't it doesn't look like it's going to get any easier this week. So. Yeah, I was going to see. Let's see if they can turn it around. Yeah. We'll see firsthand. Uh, so, yeah, that's stock up, stock down for this week. So let's turn to week three. Um, let's start with the game we will be attending in Champaign, Penn State at Illinois. 
I think Penn State is a multi-digit favorite 14. in this one. 14 points right now? Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought I saw it opened up at 15, <laughs> so, it, so it came back a little bit. Um, yeah, I, before, like I said earlier, I, before the season, I thought this could be a tougher game, and now it looks like uh, unless something drastically happens with that Illinois defense, I think Penn State's going to take this one pretty handily. Um, yeah. it's, it's turned into game's still going to be at noon. It's still going to be on at Fox, but Big Noon Saturday was going to be there, and now they're like, nah, for the third week in a row, we're going to feature Colorado. So they're going back to Colorado because they're going to ride that – they're going to ride that gravy train uh, yeah. for Deion Sanders as long as they can. Yeah. I think maybe if Illinois had, you know, not started off, I mean, they're, they're one and one, but not, they haven't looked good in those two, two games. Maybe if they were two and oh and looked better, they would have stuck with their original plan. But um, yeah, Fox will still broadcast the game, but being there means we don't have to hit, listen to Gus Johnson. I know that's an unpopular, oh, yeah. that's that's a, an unpopular opinion, but I think he gets a little bit too crazy at times. How's that unpopular? That guy's the worst. <laughs> a lot of Twitter likes him. So. Oh, God. That should tell you right there that he's the worst. <laughs> if you're popular uh, on Twitter, you probably suck. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting uh, – Looking forward to seeing Champagne and, and going to another game. I, I like getting out on the road, doing the road trips that we've done. Yeah, um, we'll so see it what be Memorial good. Stadium's like. Yeah, um, see what the town's like. I hope there's some good places to eat and drink. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have uh, low expectations for the nightlife just because uh, it's middle of nowhere, Illinois, but I guess we'll see. We'll see, yeah. Uh, Madison was fun. I'd say yeah. of, of the non-Penn State places that I've been, I think Madison was my top so far. Um, but this will be, let's see, where am I up to? This will be my sixth Big Ten stadium, if you count Penn State. Um, so I'm a third of the way there with the 18 teams we're about to have. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be more after, you know, they're going to expand again. Um, but anyhow, Back to a score prediction uh, in this one. I'm going to go Penn State wins uh, 31-13. Close to what I'm going. Going Penn State 35-17. I wish uh, someone was keeping track of my uh, predictions for me. I feel like I didn't do so hot last week, but feeling better this week. Do you want me to write it down? No. <laughs> it's actually quite better we don't otherwise I'll realize that uh it not do so hot. We can't afford a stack guy, you know. No, not yet. <laughs> um all right, so moving on to Wisconsin. Will they bounce back against Georgia Southern? Two and Georgia Southern. Uh the Badgers are a nineteen point favorite. Yeah, I mean I think at home. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Southern has beat the Citadel and UAB. Yeah, so, Badgers, Badgers should have this one. They're going to yeah, be like motivated. My, I like our chances. There's no way that uh, Fickle could even show his face around Madison if they lost this game. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they'll be motivated coming out of that loss. Um, they should take it pretty handily. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're 19-point favorite. Uh, Over-under at 63. Seems high. I think the defense will improve a little bit just because the team they're going against is going to be a lot worse. I'm going to go Wisconsin 42. I think they're going to sling it around a little bit early on, which they were hesitant to do last time. And that will open up the running game for later. So Wisconsin 42, Georgia Southern 14. I will go Wisconsin 38, Georgia Southern 10. So yeah, hitting that hitting that under. I don't know if that 60, 63, I kind of agree with you there. I think yeah, because I don't think high. Wisconsin's going to score that many in if they let up enough points to get over that. That's going to be a pretty sad showing from the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's go around to some other Big Ten games. Not, I don't want to hit up too many, but actually I do want to point out, it's like a mini Big Ten ACC challenge this week in football. You got mm. six Big Ten teams against ACC opponents. Uh, we'll hit up one of them that we want to talk about Minnesota at North Carolina, 20th ranked North Carolina. Uh, the Tar Heels are seven and a half point favorites. The over under is 49 with the way the Gophers offense is going right now. North Carolina is coming off a close showing uh, against app state uh, where they pulled that game off in double overtime. Um, I'm going to yeah. say the Tar Heels are going to, take this one and we'll cover pretty easily i'll say i think the cover has to be easy because minnesota just doesn't have a quarterback to score a lot of points yeah maybe they're running back the the newfound running back that they have their freshman uh yeah, the athleticism on defense at north carolina that's going to be quite a step up from eastern michigan yes yeah so we'll we'll see but i would imagine He'll play the hot hand, and he'll get the start to see what he can do yeah. to start out in that game. But, yeah, I will say North Carolina wins 31-14. to 14. Yeah, I go... Mm-mm. I'm going to go 34 to 19. 19? Hmm. Is there a safety in there? No, that was uh, four field goals and a touchdown. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> I was thinking it, it, like it's 17 points and two touchdowns and a field goal and a safety. But <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah I that... see a lot, of, uh, a lot of field goals in Minnesota's future, not a lot of touchdowns. Uh, Calicomanus, man, he's just not. You're right. I was trying to give him a benefit of doubt. You know, no, like he's bad in this season, but he just does not look good. He's certainly not. T- I didn't think he was going to be Tanner Morgan again. No, but... I knew he wasn't that. But uh, 
He looks like a prime candidate to uh, transfer to Iowa next year. Oh, sure. He'd fit right in there. <laughs> He's the exact kind of quarterback Brian Ferentz wants to run his offense. For sure. Um, so here's an interesting one. And we can talk about all the off-the-field stuff now if you want. Washington at Michigan State. And this game is only on Peacock. It's a Peacock exclusive. The Huskies are, yeah, the Huskies are a sixteen-point favorite. Uh, I think I have Peacock. The only thing I hate about that is that it makes it harder to flip between games. You know, yeah, so I have to go to a whole different app. Yep. Uh, Dude, the Huskies are gonna wax these clowns. Yeah, this is. I know you were alluding to it in the power rankings discussion with everything that is swirling. And so let's just get to it. If you guys, but you might've, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you clearly know something about college football. So I'm sure you've heard the news out of Michigan state that dropped late, late Saturday into like early Sunday morning, like how that was like a late news dump. Very weird. I woke up to the news. Um, but Mel Tucker was accused of sexually harassing a advocate. A sexual self-prevention advocate. I do not mean to be laughing about this, but it's just like so unbelievable. Yes, he was accused of sexually assaulting a sexual assault prevention educator and advocate. Yeah, he brought in to speak to the team. Yes. Like, I I can't even. I, can't like, I don't even care ever. what this lady looks like. Why would you ever talk to her again outside of booking her to come in and speak to the team again next year? You know? I don't, yeah. I, I don't understand. I, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. I really, I really can't. And the decision um, making is beyond yeah. poor. Yeah. And I... You know, I'm not I'm not gonna go into the gory details. You can you all can find that elsewhere if you want, but um probably on Twitter with the other losers. <laughs> it's it's not good. And um yeah, so now he has been the the athletic administration deg and um university has suspended him. Uh from everything I've read, it sounds like this is just a formality waiting for the investigation. To finish up in October, yeah. there's going to be a hearing. This is what public universities do. They got to go through all this. I mean, it sounds bad, but this is Michigan State's out to get out of that awful contract to begin with. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> other people were reporting that he was fired already, and then they kind of backed off a little bit, but I think their minds made up. They just have some legal hoops to jump through. Yeah. And that's to fire him with calls and they don't owe After him the $75 million buyout or whatever he has because it was an awful contract, as I said. To begin with, it was 10 years, $95 million after he won a Peach Bowl and won 11 games and didn't even win the Big Ten that season. After, like, before 2021, it was after the regular season, they gave him that huge contract extension. And I yeah, know there was a lot have... of – go ahead. Legally, he should be forced to give half of that to Kenneth Walker Jr. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
who happened to play, they they happened to play in the Peach Bowl that year, Pitt, who also caught lightning in a bottle that season and, and with Kenny Pickett and had that one great season. But yeah, they, you know, it's it's Pitt. So both of those teams. Um, well, luckily, been... luckily, you still get to watch them on Sundays. Yeah, that, no, I'm not going to talk about Kenny Pickett other than what I just brought up. Uh, but yeah, it's just a bad situation in East Lansing. Um, and so going into this game, uh, they have brought in, they have not, they have promoted, made, um, well, Mike D'Antonio. Well, they, they brought back, back Mark, a... Mark D'Antonio. They brought back as an offensive. Um, but he doesn't have a title. He's he like an untitled. Really have... Yeah. He's... Uh, I forgot what they called it. But he basically doesn't have an exact title or job description, but he's going to help coach, basically. Yeah, it's, it's Harlan Barnett, who is a um, – he was the defensive back coach. And now he is the interim head coach. Um, but this is just a play out. I guarantee he's not going to get an actual look to no. be the next head coach at Michigan State. And they're going to go elsewhere outside the program. Um, Paul Chris I... still looking for a job. <laughs> get back in the Big Ten. They want another old Wisconsin guy. If they want... If they want another a Michigan State retread, Pat Narduzzi could be coming over from Pitt. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I this is this this game just going by what what's going on with Michigan State right now. They're not going to be focused. Washington is a top ten team coming in. And have uh, looked really good. Yeah, and Penix is just going to eat them a lot. That defense is going to get torched. Yeah. This weekend. Not going to be pretty. I'll put a score on it. Let's see. The over, under is 57 and a half. I'm actually going to go over on that and say that Washington puts up 49, Michigan State puts up 14. Yeah, similar score that I was going to go with, but I was thinking. Michigan State will get their one touchdown. I think in something like forty-two to seven. It's gonna be ugly. Yeah. No matter what. Um. So yeah. I'm curious yeah. how the fans will react to that too, because I see Washington going up three touchdowns pretty early on. I wonder if they'll uh, be sticking around or if they're kind of disgusted with the program at the moment. Uh, the whole everything just looks bad right now everything i mean it's not just everything in michigan state looks bad and i you look yeah i'm a penn stater you know people be like you shouldn't be talking about well (laughs) yeah you know from experience you can talk about it (laughs) unfortunately uh but it's it's a bad bad look what's going what has happened at not just the football program, but everything that has gone on in the administration. I think they have a they have an interim president right now. Um, so I, I don't think they even have a full time um, person. I think they have a full AD, but yeah, who knows what's going to happen? 
Um, but how, yeah, back to Mel. How can you be so stupid? I just yeah, don't. Man. I just don't get the whole. I can't get into that mentality. What are you doing, man? Uh, he put out a whole statement tonight. If you, I'm not yeah. gonna. But I mean, it, it, of course, he has. He had two two options. You be either either admit to the whole thing and just throw yourself in the mercy of the jury, or you deny, deny, deny. And he went deny, deny, deny. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think it lacks hard evidence, so that's probably his best defense. But he didn't totally deny. He did basically well, he, admit yeah, to a he, lot of the things that happened. He just he said just, it was uh, consensual. Yeah, he denied on them being harassing in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Which as is going to be tough to prove. I mean, it doesn't matter. He's going to lose his job and things. But from like an actual legal consequence standpoint, you know, it's probably not going to be that bad. But Do you think he ever coaches again? Uh, not at a big-time college football level. I think that at some level he probably could. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about another ACC Big Ten matchup, uh, rematch from last year. Uh, Syracuse at Purdue. Um, the Orange are a two and a half point favorite. The over under is a 58 and a half. I haven't got to watch anything of Syracuse this year, so. No, they blew out Colgate 65 nothing. Okay. And they blew out Western Michigan 48 7. So not much you can really glean from that. Mm-hmm. And now Purdue has maybe a little bit of momentum. Yeah, and it's at home in West Lafayette. So, yeah. If I had, if I have to pick, I'll probably side with Purdue. Mm-hmm. And I'll go with something, another close game. They have experience in the close ones. Syracuse hasn't played a close game yet, so I'm gonna side with Purdue. I'm gonna go with, nah. Let's go with 38-35. Yeah, West Lafayette at night is a little bit can be strange, kind of like Iowa in that sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll go Purdue. Yeah, close one also, 34-31. Yeah, I just, I don't know. When you've, they've played two close games, you know, and they've actually played, you know, big-time opponents for the most part compared to Syracuse, Fresno State. and Yeah, Fresno State's probably better than both Colgate and Western Michigan. Yeah, for sure. And so is Virginia Tech. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Virginia, I mean, Colgate and Western Michigan. Virginia Tech is probably better than Colgate. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I don't know. Virginia Tech just doesn't. Yeah, they, they all all love to Brent Pry there. You know, former defensive coordinator from Penn State, but he has a lot of work cut out for him to turn that program back around. So this isn't PJ Flex Western Michigan. This is a. Non-existent program, Western Michigan now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't put any really other 
you know, if you want to talk about any more, we have there's ACC Big Ten matchups, Virginia, Maryland. Maryland's going to win that big. Yeah, uh, probably. UVA is not that good either. Louisville, Indiana, Louisville's going to win that game. Uh, Northwestern at Duke. Duke's <laughs> going to win that game big time. Yeah. Um, Virginia Tech, Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers will probably win. Yeah, in, in New Jersey, yeah, I'd probably go with Rutgers in that matchup. So, yeah, it's a low-key uh, ACC Big Ten week. Yeah. Interesting. Ohio State is playing Western Kentucky. That one's not really worth watching. Yeah, neither is Michigan Bowling Green. Yeah, Michigan Bowling Green, not worth. We do have this uh, intriguing matchup here. Northern Illinois, Nebraska. This could uh, set a record for turnovers. The Sims and this uh, quarterback for Nebraska, Rocky Lombardi, he's already thrown three picks this year. So. Oh, he's he's from Michigan State, Rocky yeah. Lombardi. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, this game could get ugly. <laughs> and they're they're both scoring under 20 points a game. So yeah, it but... could be really ugly. <laughs> Between the two starting quarterbacks, there's seven interceptions so far combined. <laughs> yeah. He started t- taking in fumble losses into that, and yeah, these guys are turnover machines. But Nebraska will probably win. It probably will. Northern Illinois did beat Boston College, who is not that great, in week one, and then lost to Southern Illinois last week, 14-11. to 11. <laughs> The Salukis. Yeah. So, yeah, Nebraska will probably win that one. Um, and looking at the rest of the comp, rest of the games across the country, week three, hey, it's college football. I'll watch whatever. We're going to be at the Illinois game and Penn State, Illinois, and I'm sure we'll find a bar to prop out that and watch some games after, after that um, contest. But there really isn't a lot of intriguing matchups this week. Yeah, this is kind of the week where uh, everyone gets their powder puff team on the schedule, you know? Kind of really gives someone a beat down before they start getting into conference games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got um, featured this week uh, probably like Tennessee, Florida maybe, but Florida's probably not that good. No, they're not. Unfortunately, on this podcast, we don't get to get into it, but uh, your bar buddy from Madison with the Texas guy. Oh, he's got to be probably having, Yeah, he's living on top of the world. <laughs> I was Texas. surprised by that. Yeah. Going into Tuscaloosa and winning. Yeah, we both, we both said Bama last week, but, you know, I watched some of that game while I was flipping it between that and the Wisconsin – uh, Washington State game. Ooh, yeah. Alabama's offensive line looked bad. Their quarterback looked bad. Uh, ooh, not a not a typical Saban team. Um, no. they they could bounce back, obviously, you know. But yeah, they will. I mean, they're not gonna be bad, but yeah, they got a wake up call. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna fare much better against someone like Georgia. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, going around the horn, uh, 
unranked unranked teams. Should we talk about the backyard brawl? Maybe Pitt West Virginia. I bet you West Virginia wins that game. <laughs> Pitt looked bad Saturday night, and there's a whole. I mean, Pitt sports media in Pittsburgh right now is just like not uh, just the Pittsburgh sports media is besides themselves. What's happened to the Steelers? Uh, uh, the Pitt quarterback calling out. Uh, their fan, the fans for booing him on Saturday night. <laughs> it's just, it's ugly time to be a, a a Western PA sports fan right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, loss to Cincinnati is pretty bad because supposedly their be- a bunch of their better players came over to Wisconsin, although they haven't really shown that much. But yeah, so yeah, it's they got sad. they got behind early in that game. Um, yeah, and it's in Morgantown. Yeah, I think you're pretty safe taking West Virginia in that game. Oh, I'm going to root for the. I want West Virginia to win out now that we beat them. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but I'll root for them against Pitt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but there's not a whole lot this week. I mean, before the season, I thought maybe South Carolina, Georgia could be good, but whoo. Georgia's going to lay a whooping on them. Um, they're 28-point favorites. <laughs> and it's in it's in Athens, too. Uh, I found this interesting, though. I'll just throw out this little tidbit. Bama will bounce back. They're on the road against South Florida. But it's only their fourth road non-conference game in the Saban era. Oh, God. Yeah. Their last one was... Uh, it's been a while. They played one of them was Penn State. They came up to Penn State in in 2011. That might have been their last one, or 20 was that 2011 or 2010? No, 2011. We went to Tuscaloosa in 2010 and 2011. Uh, they came up to Happy Valley. Um, but yeah, they don't they don't play on the road and to play a non Power Five team on the road too. Definitely strange, but yeah, wouldn't want to be South Florida right now after <laughs> what happened to Bama last week. Bama's going to take out all their aggression out on the Bulls. Um, yeah. But, yeah, not a lot. There's a lot of better matchups in week four, which we'll talk about next week. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think that's our show for tonight. Um, just want to remind everybody, if you like the show, uh, subscribe. We're on all the major podcast platforms. We're on X, Twitter. Yeah, hey, we're, we're the non-losers on X, just mm-hmm. to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a five-star rate, uh, review on Apple Podcasts. That's where you listen. Um, and, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, – we'll get some uh, – maybe we'll do some uh, post-game from the uh, Yeah, you got to do it from the stands. Yeah. After, hopefully, we'll be in better mood this time. Last year, both our teams lost. So. Yeah, that's pretty sad. <laughs> we were sad. So hopefully this year, Penn State would have won. Wisconsin will have won. Although, sorry, Corey, you won't get to watch any of that game. Maybe a little bit on your phone if you get some reception. I don't know how Illinois' yeah. reception is. <laughs> it'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that uh, 11 a.m. game <laughs> in Central Time Zone. I'm sure, you're used to it. I'm not used to it. I'll yeah, I like it. I wake up early, so it's nice to get the game started earlier. Yeah, it'll give us time to get down to 
They won't be cold this time. Yeah, last year in East Lansing, it was pretty cold once that sun went down. Uh, it should be pretty nice weather. I think uh, last time I checked, it was supposed to be in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, it will be pretty nice. So that's good. You got that. You got that uh, Midwest heat wave out of there just in time for the game. Yeah, that would have been dreadful. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this will be nice. Probably still shorts weather for me, but that's how we yeah. roll in Wisconsin. Yep. So looking forward to it. And, yeah, we'll uh, try to get a uh, short, quick podcast uh, post-game analysis or quick hitter um, on Saturday afternoon after the uh, Penn State-Illinois game. And then we'll have our regular podcast next week. Yeah. That's assuming you don't get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> I've been good so I didn't get beat up in Madison. So. Yeah, I'm sure the Illinois fans are not too rabid. <laughs> not going to Columbus or anything here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Corey, for joining me, and I'll see you on Friday. See ya.